Are you a real estate investor looking to elevate your income, freedom, and lifestyle? If so, optimize your daily performance by downloading our free guide, Raising the Bar, Five Steps to Elevate Your Habits at elevatepod.com. In this guide created by yours truly, You'll learn why you do what you do, how to easily institute cues in your environment to trigger desired behavior, directly applicable steps to create a fulfilling future, and much more. Get your free copy now at elevatepod.com and kickstart your new habits today. Your future self will thank you. Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here. And I'm blessed and grateful to be sitting down with the icon, the legend, Laird Hamilton today. He's really the all-time best of the best big wave surfer. He's would consider himself and many would consider him a waterman. He's an innovator. He's an amazing business person. He's an amazing father, husband. And really, at the end of the day, he is someone that is going to help you gain and appreciate further your relationship with fear and also how to do massive things. You want to talk about somebody who surfs massive waves, 70 foot plus waves, really faces fear and faces death on a consistent basis. And he's been doing so for decades and decades and decades. This can apply directly to your real estate business. This can apply directly to your financial goals. This can apply directly to anything that you're looking to accomplish in your life, because whether we realize it or not, the metaphor of catching a wave is very, very, very similar to what we're looking to accomplish in real estate. If you're looking to buy another deal, if you're looking to invest in properties, if you're looking to build a portfolio, these are a series of waves. So I'm going to give you a little hint. You're going to learn about the faith behind catching big waves. You're going to learn about relationship with fear, how to optimize that relationship with fear, how to condition your mind for success, how to leave no stone unturned so that in massive moments that are really defining life, defining moments in your life, you can say, you know what? I've done everything it takes to be successful now. And now I trust myself. Now I'm honest with myself. Now I appreciate my commitment. You're going to learn that today. And I know that's uh, I'm, I'm selling myself, you know, to a, to a high regard. I'm selling this episode to a high regard, but I'm telling you today, you're going to learn this. So buckle up. Elevate podcast is all about mindset, minds, expansion, and personal development for high-performing real estate investors. I'm your host, Tyler Chesser, and I am a professional real estate investor and high-performance coach. It is my job to decode the stories, habits, and multifaceted expertise of world-class investors and other experts to help you elevate your performance and lifestyle. Are you ready to take it to another level? It is time. Let's raise the bar together today. A few questions for you, if you ask for you, uh, please, uh, if you haven't done so already, share this episode with someone else because that's the fee for listening today. It's just to pay it forward. It's to share this with a friend, share this with someone in your network, grab the links in a text message or email and post it on social media. The only way that this podcast can continue to grow is if we receive the benefit of you sharing with someone else. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for spending your time with us. I'm going to add massive value to you today. And Laird is bringing massive value. So buckle up, but also share this with a friend, give us a rating review and subscribe or follow Elevate Podcast, wherever it is that you listen or watch podcasts. If this is your first time listening today, thank you so much for being here. I hope you enjoy. I hope you find massive value. I think you will. I'm just going to go out on a limb on that one. Also, give us feedback. We want to hear what do you like? What do you love? What do you want to hear more of? What do you want to hear less of? 
What do you not like so much? I want you to have ownership in the future of Elevate Podcast. Send me an email at info at elevatepod.com or send me a direct message on Instagram at elevatepod. With all that said, without further ado, I want to introduce you to the great, great Laird Hamilton. And I want to actually give a big shout out to uh, Rich Roll. Actually, I'm going to read this on Rich Roll's website because I thought he did a great job of describing really what Laird Hamilton is all about. So, Uh, Most are well-versed in the lore of today's guest as perhaps the world's greatest big wave surfer underappreciated in his impact and legacy as a pioneer of crossover board sports that include toe-in surfing, stand-up paddle boarding, and the most in the more recent hydrofoil boarding explosion passions that have earned Laird the title of surfing's biggest innovator. He's an icon in fitness longevity and well-being who has transcended the sport and made him famous Laird and his wife, Gabby Reese are the founders of extreme performance training XPT, a unique fitness training and lifestyle program that includes dynamic water workouts, performance, breathing, high intensity and endurance training and more. He's also the founder of Laird superfood, a purveyor of high quality functional blends, proteins, coffee, and be- coffee beans, snacks, and more ubiquitous on grocery store shelves across the country. The company recently enjoyed a successful public offering and he is profiled in a- every major media outlet across the globe. Laird has been featured in several films, including riding giants an exquisite exploration of the f- history and art of big wave surfing. And finally, he is the author of two books, Force of Nature and his more recent New York Times bestseller, Life Writer, both inspiring reads for anyone who's looking to elevate themselves beyond the ordinary and do extraordinary things. So thank you, Rich Roll, um, for that amazing description of Laird Hamilton. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you want to do extraordinary things, please pay close attention, pay attention. And you're going to hear that directly from Laird today, the calling card, pay attention. So without further ado, please enjoy this amazing, incredible discussion with Laird Hamilton, the legendary iconic Laird Hamilton. How are you, my friend? I'm very well. I don't know if I can live up to that description, but I'll, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll say I'm doing good. I'm, I'm good. I'll tell you what, man, if, if, if you are to be described as the all time, best of the best big wave surfer, maybe the, the inventor of that, I I think legendary iconic is, is appropriate. Uh, but I would also describe you of course, as a waterman, as an innovator. And so I'm excited about our conversation today, uh, really dive into that beautiful mind of yours and, and, you know, Obviously, there's going to be so much inspiration, but there's also going to be so much tactics from this conversation today. So, Laird, if you were to describe yourself in the way that your closest family members or or friends or people that know you best or have known you longest or deepest, what would they say about Laird Hamilton? Maybe in in different ways than than ways that the public knows you. What would they say about you? Well, I don't know if I can use those kind of words on the air. You know, I, I would or what I would hope they would say. I mean, I don't know what I, I don't know if I could really put words in the mouth of people that I care about. But I would hope that they say that uh, that, you know, that I'm I'm uh, that I'm loyal, that I'm honest uh, to a fault, uh, that I'm that I'm a good you know, that I'm a good man, that I'm a good friend, that I'm a good um, you know, that I'm a, a good dad and a good husband and, you know, all that stuff, all that, all that, uh, I mean, they could, some may say, yeah, he knows how to surf or, or, you know, they might appreciate 
you know, kind of some of the innovations that I've been involved in. And, but I, but, you know, I would hope, I would just hope that they, I'm looking for like excellent human. <laughs> we we got to surround ourselves with more people that, that describe us as excellent human. So we can, yes. uh, we can continue to elevate ourselves, but man, actually it's really interesting that you said you use the words loyal and honest, because some of the things that really strike me about you is that you're just loyal and honest to yourself. I know that a lot of times when we face fears, um, sometimes we want to just crumble and say, you know what? I don't, I don't have to do that. I can, I can actually go in this direction. That's more comfortable. And I think you've been loyal and honest to yourself in so many ways. And I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm, I really appreciate that and respect that, but let's talk a little bit about your backstory because I, it's been well-documented of course. And, and many folks, if you haven't learned about Laird Hamilton, obviously I would invite you to go, you know, do a, do a quick, uh, do, do some research on Laird to really kind of understand where he's come from and so forth. But Laird, if you were to kind of go back and, and describe when you began this love affair with surfing, was it from your stepfather or when did you become, uh, when did you basically become one with nature in surfing? Could you give us a little bit of a sense of, of that? Well, I mean, I think it, I think it started early, you know, I, I had the fortune to kind of, you know, I tell, I talk to my daughters and I always, you know, say, Hey, you got to find your, I quote the movie, the jerk, you know, you got to find your special purpose, right? You got to find the thing in life that really brings you, uh, you know, brings you that feeling of accomplishment, brings you the, you know, brings you passion, brings you all, just all those things, right? Brings you a little fear, like what's the thing that, you know, what's the activity or what's the pastime or what's the, you know, uh, what is it in, in, you know, I, I, I learned about mine at a very young age. And I think part of the reason was because of the environment. I mean, I, I'm a big part of the reason because of the environment. I think I was, I'm naturally attracted to, to danger. Um, but, but the ocean, and then I was surrounded by great watermen, you know, great, great divers and sailors and fishermen and, 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 and ultimately surfers, um, so, and that culture, the Polynesian culture, you know, that's, they, they live off the ocean. They were navigating by stars before the, before longitude and latitude. I mean, I, I grew up in that culture. So I admired that culture at, from a very young age. And, and so in admiration, I desired it, right. I admired it. I desired it to become it right. To become that thing that I uh, admired. And so I think that was, but that happened young that happened, you know, raised in Hawaii at the beach, a very aggressive beach, great surfers, great watermen, young age happened early, man. It's interesting. I, I like that phrase admired and desired. I think a lot of the listeners admire success. They admire, you know, this vision of their future and also do they desire that and do they immerse themselves in that environment? I think that's really interesting. And it's almost, it almost happened naturally for you and you continue to, you know, step into this world and go bigger and go bigger. I've heard this phrase from you before, and you've said, you don't know until you catch it, how great a wave is going to be. Could you talk a little bit about what that means and really expand upon that thought? Well, I, you know, I mean, I think it's, I mean, first of all, I, I love the parable, you know, the, uh, there's great honor in a failed attempt, but no honor and no attempt. You know, there's something about just making the effort to, to do something right. You, you, if, if you only did things that you knew were going to be successful, you might never do anything because how would you know if they were going to be successful until after you did it? You know, and so if you could see the end before you started, you might 
you might not start if you knew it was a failure and you, and you would only. So I think there's something about kind of blind faith, kind of having to subject your throw yourself into it, you know, and, and, and uh, waves are, you know, I, I saw the ocean like my professor, but, you know, my school is the ocean and the ocean's the professor of my life. But, you know, when you learn about the commitment of because you don't kind of catch a wave, you either mm. catch one or you don't. You don't kind of catch one. You either you're on it or you're not on it. And so you have to decide right away if you're going to go or not. And I think that decision is usually the most difficult thing, right? In life, just in general, making that, well, reacting off of it, but actually making the decision, hey, I'm going to go do this. Hey, I'm going to catch this wave. And then after, you know, you can see one coming and have an idea. Oh, this looks like it's going to be a good one. And you could just fall at the beginning. You know, you could, it could totally change. I mean, so, uh, or you could see one that looks okay, but then it turns, it, it morphs into something really special. And I think, but you don't know unless you go, you don't know unless you go. So you have to go and then you, and then, you know, and then you let the chips fall where they may. And, and so I think that that's a, you know, that, that comes from having faith. I think you have to have a belief that, that the potential is there, right? You have to have a belief that it could be great always otherwise how could it be right if it, you're not going to get on something without the without believing that it could be great and then all of a sudden it got great it'd be like uh, you might not even be in the mindset to even understand what great was if you didn't understand the potential that it could be it's so metaphoric and and i just think about you know i mean as corny as it sounds i mean it's so similar to real estate or a deal you know you look at a deal and it's like I don't know if this wave is going to be worth catching, but yeah. you'll never catch a great wave in business or in life if you aren't willing to just go after it. Right. And, and it's almost like that's the lesson, right? You got to have reps and not every wave is going to be amazing, but some are going to be, some are going to be amazing that pass you by. If you don't have that faith, is that kind of what you're saying? Absolutely. I mean, I, I think I always talk about life as a formulaic process. I think there's, you know, you talk about the deal. It's like, you're going to ride a few little ones that don't, don't aren't great, but what you learn from those one will feed into the big one and actually make you actually be able to, to be successful and accomplish the bigger one. So there's things you get along the way by, by consistently committing to it and, 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 and completing them that you're that all of a sudden you're or and failing and failing. You go into, you, you know, you get a couple, you fail there, you fail there, you fail there. You actually learn more from those. And then you go, okay, well that didn't work. So the next time that comes around, you're like, Oh yeah, that doesn't work. And the next time that comes, you know, and, and I think that that's uh, you know, that's, that's part of the education, right? That's part of the education of, of, of the process, right? The process of committing to it. And, and, you know, I was talking uh, today with Gabby earlier about, you know, about uh, surfing and then other sports and then how surfing is so unpredictable, you know, like that in sport, what we normally do in sport is we try to create a really consistent environment. We create a court, we got a net, we got a, we got parameters and lines and measurements and stuff to try to create uh, the least amount of var variability, right? We want to create the least amount of, of variables so that we can, so that we can really uh, have control, right? Cause then we can gain control, right? We'll reduce variability, gain control. And in surfing, you've got no control. You mm -hmm. have not, you only have control over your experiences and how you implement that, that past 
information, which is what you do in sport too. But, but we still are dealing with this court that's always moving and the thing. There's no consistency there. So you're almost, you almost get used to the lack, you know, I, what do I say? There's a, there's a famous quote that I always love, which is there's a reliability in chaos. You know, there's a reliability in chaos. There's a certain consistency within that. And so, uh, and, and, and part of it is just that experience, which gives you that, right. If you've been there a thousand times, all of a sudden what looks chaotic to one looks very organized to somebody else, you know? And it's really interesting because the things that you can control are your perspective, your mindset, your faith, the way that you react to certain circumstances. I would imagine that's the case on a big wave. It's like, all right, I can't control. This is unlike any other wave, but I can control what I do next, how I interact with this, in this nature. Is it, am I saying that correctly? Absolutely. Took the words right out of my mouth. And what goes with that, which you will, you'll appreciate is I have a saying, especially in surfing and in, in, whenever you, somebody's doing, uh, you know, and I use it in, in life a lot. Don't react to what hasn't happened yet. Ooh, I love that. Don't react to what hasn't happened yet. That's pretty common, right? Like you see something coming and you all of a sudden you start reacting and it hasn't even happened yet. And then what happens is you have to react to your reaction which makes you not able to really react to the thing when it actually happens. So you react, it hasn't happened yet, then it happens, but you have to react to your reaction and you can't actually react to it happening. And it may not even happen. So uh, there's something about that too. There's something about, again, and that's goes within you. You said something earlier that reminded me, you know, I had a, my mom was an incredible woman, but one thing she said to, to me when that always one of the, she said a, a lot of things, but one of the things that stuck with me my whole life uh, is, you know, is, is if you can't be true to yourself, you can't be true to anyone else. And we talk about loyalty and honesty and stuff, but you got to be loyal and honest to yourself first. So if you can't be loyal to yourself and honest to yourself, how are you going to do it to somebody else? Okay, you can't. It's impossible because it because it, it, it ultimately doesn't have foundation. And so um, and I think that that's something that's been very uh it, and, it, and by the way, there's no end. It's just a continuation. You're always working on it, right? We're always, <laughs> we're always working on it. I'm always working on being honest to myself. And are you being honest to yourself right now? Are you being, you know, are you being loyal to yourself? It's like, it's an ongoing case study. <laughs> and that's why Tony Robbins calls it constant and never ending improvement, right? This is Absolutely. never, there's not a destination. There's always a horizon. We can continue to grow and expand into the next version of ourselves. It's not like there's an end game, but this journey is a beautiful thing. And one of the most foundational conversations that we're having with ourselves, and you were talking about being true to yourself, which is such a, a great thing that your mom taught you and appreciate you sharing that. Being true to yourself, one of the most foundational conversations that we have is this this conversation versus, you know, along the lines of fear, you know, this, this, hey, am, can I do this? You know, what might happen if I do this or if I fail or, you know, like you, if I, if I fall off the surfboard, right? You know, it's like, obviously that's sort of the, a basic way to put it, but talk to me about your relationship with fear, because I would imagine you know, doing what you've done, obviously as an athlete, as a big wave surfer, just as the example, obviously you're, you're much more dynamic than just that, but give us a sense of your relationship with fear, because this is something that we encounter every single day in business and life in relationships. We have this voice that tells us, Hey, if you try, you might fail. Talk to me about what inner conversation you're having with fear or you have had with fear. Well, I have a longstanding relationship with fear. Uh, and, and 
there's a couple, there's a the book called The Art of Fear, which is a beautiful book. The Art of Fear is a, is a, is a, is a magic book. Um, there is, uh, you know, that there's a great, that great uh, documentary called Free Solo. I don't know if people have seen that. So I good. Have. There's a section where they take uh, Alex to do like a, you know, a, you know, psychological study where they take him in and they go, well, you know, he's different than other people. He doesn't react the same as other people do in these situations. And I thought a lot about that. That had a big in, uh, effect on me because I have a longstanding relationship um, with fear. I think uh, I told somebody once, you know, I was, I was scared so often so much as a child uh, that I kind of changed the dynamic uh, with fear that my relationship with fear and also too, fear, fear is a negative, right? Everybody so puts, puts a negative tone on fear. Fear is amazing. Fear is a, what a magical uh, tool, uh, an emotion uh, mandatory for survival. I mean, we would not exist on the planet without fear. If we didn't know, hey, lightning storm, run in the cave. Hey, big bear going to eat you. Hey, rough river, don't swim across. I mean, we, you know, they say that the, that the smallest organism, actually a single cell, the smallest single cell organism has fear that if you put heat near it, it goes away. It'll go, it'll retreat from, so fear exists in the in, in 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 a single cell organism i mean this is interesting fear. fear is not a fear is not a conscious like a like a like a intelligence thing like it's not like we're so smart we have fear no 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 fear is a fear is a, a survival mechanism put in any living object anything that's alive has the sense to know danger so they can survive because living means dying and so there's survival and so uh i mean right now we're in a crazy fear time that you can see how you know i said if you ever want to see animals you know do anything really crazy scare them and put them in a room they'll run into a wall i mean they'll they'll crash into walls i mean it, uh, when they're scared so but you know, your relationship with fear. I think I have a longstanding relationship with fear that started at a very young age. Um, I think that I have a, a natural propensity to be good in it. Um, part of it is through experience. Part of it is personality. I think there's a combination of a few things. Um, I, I do a lot of stuff based on fear. I, I'm, I'm, I, I do things that are scary um, and, 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 I would say I like them. I think they make you feel alive. I mean, fear gives you spider senses, you know, fear, fear turns on all the, you know, I mean, moms can lift cars when they're scared and, 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 you know, your vision, everything's heightened. If you, you know, the thing is, is that um, what I found in situations when I was, when, when I'm scared um, because I never say I'm not scared because I think if you're not scared when things are dangerous, it would, it, that would, that would tell me bad assessment. You know, if you were standing and a building was going to fall on you and you didn't weren't scared about, for, then it would mean that you didn't understand that the building building can squish you. And so I right. think you have to have assessment. I think assessment is a big piece of, 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 under, of having fear, what you do with the energy that you get, that's something else. I mean, I know that, that time slows down, you know, people always talk about, you know, right before something scary happens, time slows down. Well, if you understand anything about film, the only way you can make slow motion is through speeding 
the film up. And so the reason why time slows down is because we speed up assessment. And so everything goes into hyperdrive. And so you actually get time. So time slows down because your, your assessment speeds up. And so then all of a sudden you have time because your vision, everything's all your, you're computing things at much higher speed. So that gives you, buys you time. And so, um, you know, I've had, I have the little voice in my head, Hey, you know, you better jump off or, you know, if you don't, you're going to drown and blah, 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 and all that stuff. And, you know, you have to remind yourself that that's just, that's like a little chirp. That's like, like a, you know, a little bird chirping in the yard where it's just a sound. It's not you. That little voice isn't you. It's connected to a mechanism that's trying to get you to avoid things that are dangerous, but that's not you. That's not the you, you, that's just this other little thing that, that, that is uh, trying to, to make it so that you, you know, don't get hurt or don't die. <laughs> yeah. There's, you know? there's, Which there's is actually obviously... a separate thing. It's a separate thing than you. There's you right. and then there's the thing that's trying to keep you alive. <laughs> yeah. It's value. I mean, there's value in fear. I mean, you're talking about the, um, the, the free solo um, documentary and, and it was interesting because his amygdala was like almost non-existent. It was like not utilized at all. And so his yeah. amygdala was not giving the, the fear response in his body. So he's climbing these like tremendously dangerous cliffs and i mean if any misstep i mean he's he's falling to his death and many of his contemporaries did that and so obviously there's a value in having a healthy relationship with fear and saying well how can we balance this instead of holding us back let's listen to it but propel us forward into action one of the things i found was interesting i was reading a book by one of our former guests stephen kotler uh he wrote the book art of impossible and of course he references some of the things that he observed in spending time with you in that you and you mentioned it there is like you do things you actually seek fear you actually do things because of the fear it's not it's not like hey i do it you know and and i i try to overcome it or i try to make it so that there is no fear you do things because of fear and so with that said i mean is there any advice that you give your younger self or anybody else perhaps in terms of strengthening this relationship with fear well i i mean i think it's important to be exposed to it i think it's healthy i think i i mean i I will say that I've had the fortune, you know, my stepdad um, had, he, he, he bestowed some lessons upon me and a couple of them that stuck really well. When one of them was, you know, you just face things like, like if, you know, you, you, if you're wrong, you, you stand up and you take your punishment like a man. And if you're right, you, you know, fight to the death, like, you know, and so, um, but, but within that, there's a, there's a thing about facing, facing the things and, and not avoiding, avoiding things, especially things that you're scared of. Um, you know, I think that, I think one of the things to talk about that, uh, that I wanted to, to mention about, about fear too, that, that has come to my mind, um, over, over watching again, Alex, and then talking, I, I know Stephen, um, Kotler was just here recently. I, I'm, he's a gentleman. Um, the, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, that I understood, I started to understand it, and I'm not sure about the science. I'll probably we'll probably get the science later. But that that you if, if think about the stress on the system to be exposed to fear, what how stressful it is like it like some people when they get really scared, just go to sleep. That's how stressful it is. Right. So when you've been exposed to danger often, especially in your upbringing, like you would if you were a climber and you were climbing on mountains that if you fell, you died. So when you have been exposed to, to stressful situation, often the system has to have, 
can't take the load of the stress because first of all, you're not dying. So the first time your body's like, oh, you're going to die. Be careful. This and that. And second time, the thousandth time that you've been in that situation and you didn't die, the body's like, well, I'm not going to be so stressed because you know what? It takes a lot of energy and I don't, I need to conserve energy because that's what we do. We always are looking for ways to, to, you know, the comfort crisis, right? We're always looking for ways to be more comfortable, to be safer, to right. avoid anything that's, you know, it's hot. Let's put the AC on. It's cold. Let's put the heater on. And I mean, we're just looking to avoid stress at every situation, even though we really excel in stress. But so in that, in that being said, we're going to look, the body's going to adapt and it's not going to, it's not going to allow you to, to, to be scared in these situations that would normally make people frightened out of their mind because you've been there so many times, the body just can't take the, take, take the stress. It's like, Hey, you didn't die. So I'm not going to be so fearful because you didn't die, which would justify why I would. So I'm going to make you not be so fearful. And so I think that that, and when you live in that, you know, it's like I said, as a young kid, I'm ripped out to sea. I thought I was probably, I probably thought I was going to drown every second day, you know, as a young child being sucked out in the rip current where people do drown all the time. You're like, Oh, I'm going to die. And then you don't die. And then oh, I'm going to die today. Oh, I'm going to die. Pretty soon you're like, well, I'm not going to die. You know, and you go the other way. Right. Which I don't know if that's good either, but, but right. you start going the other way. Like where, you know, I don't know if you think you're invincible, but you do I mean, the ocean doesn't allow you to think you're invincible because because you're not. But it, but it, it does. It does. Uh, you know, you will learn. You will learn uh, that. Wow. I survived that. I survived that. I survived that. And so then it's like, OK, well, now you're just not going to we're not going to stress you. Hey, guys, just a quick word from our sponsor. Then we'll be right back to the show. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital, a national real estate investment firm founded by myself and my business partner, Brian Flaherty. CF Capital's mission is to provide property investment and asset management solutions to help investors like you maximize their returns by investing in high value multifamily communities. If you are looking for risk adjusted alternative investments in quality apartment communities are seeking tax optimized cash flow with appreciation upside without all the hassles of management, you might benefit from learning more about investing alongside our team. You're invited to reach out and learn more about how you can invest with us by visiting cfcapllc.com. We're also currently offering a free ebook called The Bottom Line. 10 ways to increase cash flow in an apartment complex. Whether you're a new or experienced investor, we're confident you'll find massive value in this resource. So go get your free copy today at cfcapllc.com. And now please enjoy the rest of the show. It makes me think of, I've been able to spend some time with the great Rich Divini, the Navy SEAL commander. And, you know, he's, he's a frogman, right? I mean, you know, one of the greatest human beings, the greatest Americans, you know, this world has ever seen, but I just admire him so much. He shared a story with me and, and actually me, me, more, more of, you know, his experience is that sometimes when he's underwater, he could fall asleep. And obviously that's not good. We don't want him to fall asleep underwater, but he's, he's gotten so comfortable with the level of stress mm. in that environment that it's almost made him more comfortable than, you know, comfort. You're talking about the comfort crisis. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's interesting. I mean, so submission. have you gotten to that point as well? Submission. Yeah, yeah. You submit. Well, you submit to it again. I think it's part, I think submission is one of the reactions to overcome this, the, the stress. I think it's a, a byproduct of being 
put in these stressful situations so often that I think that one of the other ones is submission where you just kind of submit and you're okay with, with it to the point where you almost start to where, where it becomes a danger, right? Like, like it becomes, it starts to become dangerous if you're that comfortable. Cause so you want to have a level of it. Like you want to have a level of, because complacency in danger is death. Like you don't want to be complacent, but there is something about, survival that demands complacency like it demands in 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 stressful situations because it's just too taxing on the system the body just can't the emotions the thing i mean it's just too taxing you're just too i mean you, you know, people know like hey you get scared makes you exhausted especially if you've been really scared and if you've been scared for a long period of time you're just annihilated you're just like you know <laughs> and i think so i think that trickles down into everything we do Right. Mm-hmm. That, 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 now that's going to take, now there's going to be, Hey, fear of, you know, public speaking. Why? Cause you won't be accepted by the tribe, fear of failure of this. And like, I'm going to look and be embarrassed in the community. And right. fear, I mean, you're just all, oh, because that's the same fear. Don't, don't kid yourself. That's not a different fear. The fear of climbing up the cliff isn't, isn't any different than the fear of, you know, being humiliated in your class because something, ha- you know, like th- that's all connected. Those, those are all yeah. part of the same mechanism. And so if you have, I mean, the truth is that's why if you have a level of relationship with fear in certain areas, it makes it a lot easier to do other things. Like when you go into other things that you're, you're less concerned about those fears because you already have a relationship with fear. So you can go up there and talk in front of 250 people. And you know what, if you make a, ass out of yourself you you don't you know you you, you're not going to be devastated it's not going to be something that wrecks you because well you've done these other things where you could have died and so just being embarrassed is it's okay that's it's interesting it's so interesting how it comes from the same part of your brain right that that fear response and the you know the cortisol that, that is released into your blood system and how sort of your whole internal environment is the same whether you're facing a physical you know challenge or a mental challenge or something in business or in life i mean it's it's really interesting so i think that's why it's so important for us to learn from someone like you about how can we face our fears in one area and apply that in, in different areas that can take us towards our goals, towards our dreams. One of the things that I really like about you as well and, and what you've exhibited throughout your life is that you're in a competition with yourself. I, I really appreciate how, you know, you came from the surfing world and it was all about competition. It was all about judges and all this stuff. And you're like, man, forget that. This is art. You know, this is, this is me versus me. And this is, I think what you've learned and maybe you tell me if, if I'm wrong here is that you can continue to grow and expand throughout each and every experience. But I feel like there's this fine line. We've been talking about fine lines in terms of challenging ourselves and overstressing ourselves and, and to a point where maybe we get a little bit ahead of ourselves. Could you talk a little bit about that and what that balance has looked like for you? Because obviously you've continued to stretch yourself. You've continued to expand your limits, but has there been a balance that you've experienced? Well, you know, I, I mean, I talk about the wheel a lot, you know, I mean, cause I, you know, people talk, certain people will talk about success and, and, and achieving your goals and stuff. And just like, leave everything else behind and just, you know, dive in and just be mono focused and just, that's it and nothing else. And for me, you know, in, in my, and how I've approached it, 
has been through is to tighten every spoke, you know, in the wheel. So it rolls really smoothly. And, and, and what I mean by that is, 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 you know, leaving no spoke unturned, no spoke untightened, which is, you know, nutrition and your sleep and your, and your, and your training and your, you know, your mental focus in your, your, you know, all of the things that you do so that you don't go in to this into, into a situation with any doubt, with any kind of thing, not, not, uh, you know, no stone unturned. Like you just know you, that you go in and, and you, and, and, and that, I think that that's, that's something that's been very useful for me in, 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 in allowing me to perform kind of more freely, especially since I, you know, I, what happens too is I think when you're younger, uh, you have a lot more aggression, right? So, cause you're like, you're fighting up the hill, right? You're fighting this battle to get to, a, to establish your position in the tribe, whatever that looks like. Right. It, it, so you're just in there, you're trying to make a, you know, you're trying to make a space for yourself. Uh, and then all of a sudden you get to a point where you've made a certain amount of space and then you go, Oh, well, whoops, this didn't really do what I thought I was supposed to do. So then you're like, okay, well, well, then what, well, first of all, what do I want? If, if the space that I thought I needed to create was supposed to do that and it didn't do that, what is it, you know, or why am I doing what I'm doing? And so you go from kind of this d- desire to kind of like sh- do a thing to actually like, Hey, actually, maybe I really love this. Like, this is something that I really l- like. And so you go from kind of coming from a more aggressive approach to um, coming from a, uh, I always say, imagine trying to switch from content, from aggression to contentment. So I'm now I'm coming from contentment, but I'm still going to approach the same situation, but I'm content, but I'm content, mm-hmm. but I'm still going to try to, you know, and so, uh, and, and it goes back to the reasons why, you know, you always go like, why am I doing this? Like, why? Because I, I what I've found in my experience is that, that the reason why someone does something determines the way they react when they fail. And so, and, and in surfing, that means if you're sitting in front of a 50 foot wave and it's going to break on your head because you fell on the wave before when you're sitting there and you're meeting, going to meet your maker and you're like, okay, I'm here and I'm going to get annihilated. Why am I here? Well, cause I love this because this is what I do because this is what, I'm, this is me. And so then you'll take, you take the, you take it. You're like, Hey, this is, but if you're there because, you know, chicks thinks, chicks think it's cool or, you know, I'll make a bunch of cash or I want to be famous. You're going to wish that you weren't there. (laughs) You're going to wish you were anywhere but there. Right. And so that's why I say that. That's what I talk about it. You know, the, 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 the determining why, but for me, my approach about, you know, about being well-rounded, about, about having some kind of, uh, you know, making sure I get good sleep, making sure I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to, uh, you know, making sure my equipment's right, making sure my, just all that, just all those things that, that will influence the outcome, right? Every little thing that'll influence the outcome, I want to touch, Mm-hmm. I want to, t- I want to touch every one of those little things and be like, Oh yeah, that one's good. Even if I don't do anything with it either, just to make sure that it's that it, so that it, so that there's no ground 
for the doubt seed, you know, there's yes. no, there's no ground for the doubt seed. There's no, there's no place for anything to get a foothold that, that when I'm in a, in a position of compromise, that I'm not going to be like, Oh, what if I, or did a thing or have it just be like, Hey, I wish I didn't have that argument with Gabby today or, you know, like that, or I wish I would have, you know, just, just whatever that is, whatever that mm-hmm. is, that can just be the difference between success and failure. That really brings us back to the beginning of the conversation. We were talking about honest. And I feel like this is kind of going back to being honest with yourself. Did you keep the promises that you made to yourself? And you were talking about no stone being unturned and this level of commitment to your purpose and your bigger vision for yourself. It comes down to the preparation. It comes down to training, comes down to recovery because you're obviously still performing at the highest level well into your fifties. So give us a sense of what does that look like when, you know, across preparation, across training. I mean, you mentioned sleep, you mentioned, you know, nutrition, you've mentioned obviously some of, some of your, your fitness routine, but maybe gives a a little sense of what that all looks like. Well, I I quit drinking alcohol like 15 years ago, just as one of the things Um, my training is, you know, it's seasonal. So it varies. I mean, right now I'm dealing with some, and I am a lot of the time throughout my career dealing with injuries you know, dealing with being heard and, and, and uh, trying to recover or operate or actually operate within being hurt. I think that's a big, a big piece of it is actually performing with injury. Um, that that's pretty common. You know, people, Oh, I'm not a hundred percent. I go, I've never been a hundred percent. I don't think I was a hundred percent. Once I came into the world and took a breath of air, I lost a percentage <laughs> right there. So I, breath, I, breath, I took a breath of this human you know, human tainted air. And, you know, it was all downhill after that. But so I think that's a big, you know, having, having the right equipment, um, you know, uh, you know, I, I mean, I do breath work. I, I, I'm a big fan of breath work. I, I do flexibility stuff probably in, you know, now I need to do a little more than, than normal. I do lifting. I'm, I have some, I develop modalities. I do a lot of heat and ice stuff. I do a lot of physical stuff, a lot of, and then I'm always trying to learn, right. I'm always trying to learn more stuff. I mean, obviously the pandemic has been a good time, uh, a good time to learn about viruses and about, uh, you know, your immune system. And, you know, I take, it's disappropriate. I go, Hey, you know, and, and I think for me, part of my thing is just to be optimum human. So we're back to the human again. Um, you know, what are you? I'm a human and I'm trying to be optimum human. And so, and if you're an optimum human, it means you can probably do sport. Good. Probably you can be, maybe you can be good, you know, maybe be better at being a dad sometimes than others. Um, you know, you can be, you can be, uh, just all that stuff. Right. So, um, you know, and, and, and then I'm always, uh, I have a, I have a saying right now for this year, the last, these last two years, pay attention, pay attention, like pay attention, pay attention when you drive, pay attention when you read, pay attention when you view things, just pay attention, be aware because things will be made known to you. You know, the things that, you know, uh, I was having a conversation with my middle daughter today and we were talking about intelligence and about learning. And uh, she was saying, Oh yeah, I feel like, you could, you can learn everything you ever needed to know, you know, in nature. And I'm like, absolutely. I go, if you fully understood nature to the, to the, to the, to the full capacity, you'd be like the smartest person in the world. Mm. I mean, there's there's nothing you could learn. Could you learn better than if you could understand nature? And then part of that is this observation. I mean, if you look at most of the smartest people throughout history, they were just observers. They just observed very well. 
observe human behavior, observe, you know, nature behaving, observe the universe, observe, hey, we're rotating around the sun. <laughs> like, just observe. Like, I'm just saying all the things we know are from through observation. So I think that that's a big that's a big thing is be, pay attention, pay attention. And, and, and you'll, you know, and then you'll, and, and we're fortunate. We have books, we have, uh, you know, audible, we have a bunch of areas of learning. We have really smart people like you with podcasts. We have people, I mean, there's a lot of information. If you pay attention, I just think you only have so much room in your file cabinet. I think there's only so much volume that you can store uh, properly. And so at the end, you have to decide what you want to put in there. And so for me, I don't waste the time. I don't, I don't do a lot of, I mean, the mindless stuff that I do is I maybe watch action movies or something where I can just shut my brain off, but not, not a lot of it and not a lot of wasted, wasted thought on things that aren't, I'm not putting towards either. Is it health and wellness, physicality? Is it weather stuff? Is it stuff for my sport? Uh, you know, is, is it nutrition fitness. I mean, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm fortunate to be in a field where this is work, but it's, but it's work towards being a human. It's, it's work at being, a, you know, being a better human or I being, love that calling card. Better being, you know, just, just trying to optimize the, the, uh, you know, the, the, the body you were given. And the calling card is pay attention, right? And pay attention to timeless wisdom. As you mentioned, we only have a limited file cabinet to, to the things that we can pay attention to, but pay attention to something that's going to teach you truth. And I would imagine that your time in the ocean has taught you truth in many ways. I would love to ask you, I mean, what are the top, you know, one, two or three lessons or, or deep truth that you've learned from spending time in the ocean? What has the ocean taught you? Don't swim up the current. <laughs> okay fair enough <laughs> <laughs> don't don't either swim sideways to the current or let it take you out it'll always bring you back we so, can apply that uh, one immediately i like that <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean uh, you know i i think there you know i think uh i mean listen all all the greatest things that 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 i have in my life are because of of my relationship with the ocean right so so my wife my career my children. I mean, these are all, they, the ocean has, has, you know, I mean, okay, I'm me, the person, but the ocean's influence on me has, has resulted in that. I have this life that I have, that I have the family that I have, that I have the friends that I have, that I have the passion I have. I have the mission I have. Everything's based around, around, uh, around her, it, the thing, the, you know, the big, the great conductor. And so, you know, I think that, uh, I mean, uh, you know, submission, I think submitting to be able to just submit to it when it, you know, somebody asked me about a way, you know, getting hit by a big wave. I go, well, when a giant wave has you, you don't fight, you don't fight it until you feel it let off. And I go, and then when you feel it, let just let give you a little, it's like wrestling. You know, if a guy has you and he's got you locked, you don't fight against it until you feel him let you just feel a little bit of give and then you make a move. And so I think that, that, and also I did probably the greatest lesson, patience, patience, patience. I, I just, and it's an ongoing struggle. And so, you know, it's, but the patience, the patience, I mean, you know, we wait, I, I did a, I did a, a article one time with a writer and, and, the, and we sat down and had lunch and he said, you know, what I've realized is that surfers are really patient. 
And I, I just about fell over. I was like, are you crazy? <laughs> I'm the most impatient person in the world. He goes, he goes, you're willing to wait your life time for a wave. And I thought, and I have, and I will, and I would. <laughs> That's <laughs> you know, amazing. I would. And so patience, crazy. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, the, the, and humility, humility, come on. You're 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 just you're nothing. You're just yeah. you're nothing. You're 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 less than nothing. Uh, and if you think you're more than that, you that's your first bad mistake. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, we're all riding a wave, right? We're all riding different waves in yes. our life, in our business. Yes. Whether we're real estate investors, whether we're big wave yeah. surfers, I mean, it could be a seventy foot wave literally on the ocean, or it could be your own wave in you know whatever it is that you're doing. And I just think it's it's so good, it's so good. And you know, one of the things, like obviously, you were the first to ride these seventy foot waves. You were the first to say, "Look, let's tow out there, man. Let's let's do this. Yeah. Let's do something different. Let's think differently." but let's dream big. Right. And, and so the basis of that was dreaming big, doing big things. I would like for you to talk to those who, you know, maybe they've got some big ideas. Maybe they've got some big dreams. Maybe they want to break a barrier in their life. Maybe they want to yeah. do massive things in their life. What would you say to them about folks who's like, you know, maybe something's never been done before. Yep. What advice would you give them? Well, first of all, just because, they don't do it that way or it hasn't been done. Doesn't mean it isn't better or possible. So that's the first thing to start. We'll just go just because it's not being done like that, or it hasn't been done. Doesn't mean that it's not better or possible or both. And so, uh, and, and I, and I, and I, and you know, there, there's a great, there's a great entrepreneur, a woman entrepreneur, and I don't remember her name, but I remember her quote distinctly. And she said, Somebody asked her, well, what would you do? What would you do if you had an idea? Like, let's say you have a very, you have an idea, a dream, a thing, like a, whatever you have an innovation, you have a, an, you just have a, an idea, this big idea. It's a big idea. She goes, don't tell anybody for a year. And they, and, and then the, the guy was like, well, well, why? And she goes, because people will just discourage you. They'll discourage you. Because they don't want to have to be responsible for their idea, right? And so, and I and I I come from the other side of that, which is I'm kind of undiscourageable because the way I grew up, I was like I don't even care. Like I don't even, you know, I used to tell somebody, listen, I, I grew up in a way where people didn't like me for how I was born. You think I'd mind if they don't like me for how I act? I go, come on. I go, I go, I was born a way that provokes him. If I act a way that provokes him, I'm like, who cares? So, so I had that, but, but there's something to be said about that, about not, uh, don't let people discourage you from it and no risk, no reward and, and, and no honor in no attempt, great honor in a failed attempt. And so even if you don't pull it off or it doesn't happen, what you learn from it, there's honor in that there's honor in the failure of an attempt. And so at the end, you really have nothing to lose truly nothing real to lose. And because I mean, and, and again, like I think I've dealt with the, the death side, like failure could be death. And so then you'd have to look at death and then you have to go, okay, well, is 
at the end or the beginning, because if it's the end, then that would be failure. But if it's the beginning, then is that really failure? So that becomes a whole nother. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we just opened deeper. a whole that new is, paradigm. It <laughs> gets a lot deeper, but, but there's, there's, there's something to be said about, and, and, and follow your instincts, follow your instincts. I think your instincts are designed to help you navigate the unseen and undone. And I think that this is something, a mechanism that we're gifted with, that we've lost it, our touch. Uh, we've lost our connection with because we don't need them because everything dangerous we've killed. And so at the end of the day, we don't have to have instincts. We don't have to know like, Hey, I don't, that doesn't feel right. That feels like something around there is dangerous. We don't need that, but we had that for a reason because it was, in, it was, and it was designed to keep us out of pain and, you know, you have instincts. You're like, hey, you know what? This doesn't, something about this is not feeling right. I mean, if you're really in touch with them, probably listen to that. But if you're like, you know what? Something about this, I'm drawn to it. You know, I, I have the fortune to actually have paid attention to my instincts often enough because it's part of what's helped me. Um, the, and I've also used it like a muscle. So I've been you know, like, hey, if you walk by a house and you see a guy on the ladder and you think oh, that ladder goes over, the guy's going to fall and could go into the thing. And, hey, you know, just so you know, if you, you know, that thing over there looks like you could go. And then and then you did your job, but you but you reacted off of it. You, you paid attention, mm -hmm. you verbalized it. And then and then that 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 all of a sudden starts to strengthen that muscle. That's a muscle. Yeah. Pretty soon you're like, oh, thing, and then you're using it and then you're listening, you're getting drawn to something. You're like, why am I? you know what, wait, what's going on? And so I think that that's, uh, uh, I think that's, that's another piece of it too, that, that helps you make those bigger, the, you know, those bigger, those bigger, you know, those bigger ideas, those bigger things like you, Hey, you got an instinct. Like I had an instinct about this stuff. Like I was drawn to it. I was like, you know what, something about this and, 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 and a desire, you know, you, what's your, what's your, I mean, it always goes back again. I said earlier, why, you know, what's your real intention, right? What's your real, cause that's going to help you if you fail, if your real intention was genuine and you're really like, Hey, then when it's something that doesn't work out, you're going to be less devastated. But if you're a little bit rocky with why you're doing it, then you're, you're not going to be great when it, if it doesn't work out. Man, it just goes back to pay attention to connect with your instincts, connect with your true deepest desires and be willing to face that fear. Be willing to gain a relationship with that fear and strengthen your relationship with it because it can be beauty. There's, there could be magic in that. And so Laird, man, good Lord, you are, uh, you are really inspiring so many today. And I feel like you just called out many that have this desire. They have this deep seated, you know, dream that they want to achieve in their life. And that's the calling card, right? You know, you've set the example. So I just want to thank you for that. But Laird, I want to transition into our rapid fire section of the podcast. We call it the rare air questionnaire. Of course, surfing 70 foot plus waves are, that's a rare occurrence, right? You know, what you've done, what you've set the example for is, is rare. Uh, your commitment to continuing to challenge yourself is rare. Your commitment to facing fear continually is rare, but there's a beauty in rare. So let's talk a little bit about a few things. I've got a, a few questions for you. If you had a point to two or three of the most impactful books that you've read over the past few years what would those be and why early on uh dune jonathan Livy's the seagull lord of the rings um my mom re read those to me when i was really young probably the most impact impactful point you know recently i mean those books because of imagination because of the imagination i think that those made you think and 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 dream and have a have imagination I, you know i mean i listen i i i i've uh 
natural born heroes and, and, and uh, just, I mean, there's been so many great books as of recent, you know, that I've, that I've, that I've listened to. I mean, I, I really, uh, yeah, I mean, it, there's just, there's, there's been a lot of great stuff recently, but those, those books when I was younger were, were highly impactful in, in my, in my vision of the world and my imagination. Um, and I think that that has such an impact on all of my, uh, just all the things I've been able to do because I, I, I just, um, I, I just saw things a different way. I think because of that, the influence that those books had on me when I was a child. Yeah. And I'll put links in the show notes uh, to where the listeners can find those books. I love that it was because of how they shaped your imagination. I think that's really cool because when we, you know, when we read fiction, it just kind of allows our mind to play and to grow. And, wow. you know, it's almost like how you interact with the waves. So I think that's awesome. We'll also put links in the show notes as to where the listeners can find your books layered, which yeah. are phenomenal as well. Of course, New York times, bestselling author as well, by the way, I mean, no big deal. Um, <laughs> And so Laird, I've got a couple more questions for you. What's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis? I'm sure there's many different ways. You know, we've talked about preparation. We've talked about nutrition, sleep, training, uh, mindset, conditioning your mind for success. But what's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis? I mean, I think, I think in gay, I think that, that my, uh, you know, I mean, the sunrise did it this morning. Um, you know, I think my, my ever, my, my, just my awareness of nature, my consistent appreciation for nature. I think my, my love for nature, like, I think that, that, I think that, that I'm always aware of the, I mean, certain days are a little gloomier than that, but I'm always, you know, the birds, the, the, the hawks flying, the dolphins, the, you know, the, the, just rainbows and ball of fire in the sky. I mean, <laughs> you know, like, like I think that just kind of, it's, it's, and you know, it's so easy. You don't have to be a, you know, you don't have to be a monk that's studying high levels of meditation to just to get from nature. Well, you're connected to it, right? You're a result of it at the end. So I mean, no matter which way we cut it up, you can, I mean, you're, you're, we're byproducts of it. So whether the aliens came or not, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, we are, we're meant to connect to nature. And I think that's a great reminder for so many of us, you know, in modern society, sometimes we, we don't pay attention to nature. So let's take a course correction here and appreciate and be grateful for what we have because look, we're, we're animals too. We're monkeys floating yeah. around on a rock. I mean, that's, yeah. that's pretty bizarre with a ball of fire in the sky. I mean, you know, there's <laughs> stuff going on that you're like, yeah, wow. This is like, like, and I think I have a thing where, you know, we're riding the energy, the energy through a, 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 a substance and we ride that. That's, that's a, that disconnect. I think that's part of my relationship too. So, but, yeah. but having a present awareness to nature and sharing that too, like, Hey, Gabby, come look at the moon tonight. Or, you know, we're got, we're coming up on a full moon on Friday yeah. I mean, the moon. The moon's got power. It pulls the water of the ocean. It pulls us around. I mean, Hey, the stars, the, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a pretty amazing place. It is. And it, it can be humbling too, but uh, yeah. I think that gratitude of that experience is very powerful. Laird, what's the biggest way that you elevate others around you? Love. You know, I think love, I think I, I, I think I, 
I try to, sh- I try to practice love daily with, with my family, with my friends. Uh, you know, it, it's, I mean, I think that's a, and, 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 you know, my mom used to say, if you don't have anything nice, don't say anything at all. I mean, I try to, I try to practice some of that stuff, you know, as best I can. It's like, I don't just say stuff to like, you know, and, 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 and don't be, uh, I, I really like to, to share with people. I really am into get like giving. I like to give things that I benefit from, um, whether it's parables that help me in my life to nutrition. I mean, Laird Superfood, it's all about, about that, about sharing with people things that I benefit, that I use on a daily basis that have a systemic effect on me. I want to share that with people. That's a, that's a company based on that philosophy. So I do that. I mean, I have a training things that I share with people that, that, uh, you know, that I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I have a young, uh, a young big wave rider that I've been kind of, uh, you know, I would say, I, I, I mentoring, but whatever, I, that seems to, uh, this is more like a friendship, but whatever it's all, but that kind of thing. So I think there's all of that, you know, I think there's all of that, you know, I mean, I think it varies. It's in my, in my relationship with Yavi. I think it's a daily thing, the appreciation, consistent appreciation for every, any, any, every, everybody saying thank you to people and, and being appreciative of, you know, and understanding that people's, it's not that easy. And I mean, it doesn't mean that I don't, I think sometimes part of it, part of it is, is to keep make people accountable for it too. I think you just can't let people walk around and act like they want to act without some sort of accountability. I think that's part of elevating people. I think you, part of it is like, don't shoot the messenger. It's like, Hey, you know what? You can't just, you know, behave like you want and say what you want and act like you want and think that there's not going to be repercussions for that. That you just, because that might actually be something that helps it might actually help them. Like it might be in the future. They might not just behave that way in a situation that might, you know, have a lot graver, you know, results than me just saying, Hey, that was stupid. Or why are you doing that? Or that was wrong. Or so I think there's some of that too. I think there's some of the, I think it's not always just all, you know, you're so great and it's all great. You don't offend anybody and all that stuff. I think that that's, I think that part of that's what's got us into the trouble that we're in. I think that, you know, when we, when you stop, yeah, I think you, I think you have a certain certain responsibility to offend people if they're misbehaving. I just think it's, you know, I mean, I people do it to me. I, I and I'm glad they do. It usually helps me go, hey, well, that was stupid. Why did I do that? Or so I think there's something about that. Yeah, there's there is a lot to be said about tough love. I'm a big believer in it. I think in the yeah. long run, if we're truthful yeah. and honest with other people, even if it may feel uncomfortable in that moment, yeah, yeah. if it's yeah. best for that person, there's so much value in that. But Laird, sure. my goodness, you've inspired me. You've inspired so many today. And I want to encourage the listener to go learn more about Laird at LairdHamilton.com. We'll put a link in the show notes. You can also engage with Laird on Instagram. Is it at Laird yeah. Hamilton Surf? Is that correct, yeah. Laird? I think somebody took stole my name, and so I had to put surf on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we know who the real yeah. Laird Hamilton is, but there's also Laird Hamilton Superfood and XPT app yeah. coming out soon, correct? Yeah. Well, XPT, we got a new app coming out. It's got a bunch of good breath work stuff, superfood stuff. You got it at you got it at Costco, and you got it at Whole Foods, and 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 then online we have an incredible uh, site. We have some incredible products for the superfood stuff. Uh, and then XPT has got a, a bunch of uh, cool breathing stuff. And so it's pretty, uh, yeah, we got some beautiful stuff out there. That's awesome, man. Well, we'll put links in the show notes as to where the listeners can find all of that. But Laird, thank you so much for being on elevate, man. I'm so grateful thank for this. You. 
Any parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you'd like to share with Elevate Nation today? Well, I, I kind of ran out. I think, uh, <laughs> you know, I, 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 all I can say is, uh, what would I say? Speed and take chances. Hey, there it is. I love it. Laird Hamilton, everybody. Laird, thanks for being with me, my Thank friend. You. We'll see you next time. Aloha. Aloha. Okay. Elevate Nation. We just got to sit down with a great Laird Hamilton. How does that feel? I mean, this is an icon. I, I said it in the beginning of the episode, uh, but this is an icon and there's so much deep truth in learning more about our relationship with fear in learning more about our relationship with our instincts and these beautiful things that were built within us. And so that we can pay more attention to those and so that we can interact with those. We can face this fear and we can do big things. If you're a real estate investor, we face fear every single day. And I can tell you that each new deal is like a wave. It's like, should I catch the wave? Should I not? Do I have faith in myself to catch this wave? Or do I not have faith in my ability to do whatever it takes? So there's so much wisdom in the metaphor of surfing from really, I mean, the the world's greatest, the, the best of the best big wave surfer in Laird Hamilton. So I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to be able to share this with you. And I hope that you resonate and recognize the level of wisdom that was just shared with us today. So I want to encourage you to re-listen to this show. I also want to encourage you to have a discussion with someone else about this episode. What is it that you resonated with? What was it that really struck you and made you realize, well, wait a minute, I have this dream that I've been hiding from because I've been fearful of what might happen if I fail. Have a discussion with someone else. Share with them what is it that is really kind of sticking out to you to say, wow, I just, I don't, I, you know what? Now, instead of being fearful, I can be faithful and I can take steps in that direction. What would you like to discuss about this episode? What are your top one, two, or three distinctions from today's episode? Share those with a friend. And of course, ultimately, at the end of the day, the most important part is to take massive action. What was it that you learned today that you want to apply to your life? Because the best way to learn is to put things into application. You can either go ahead and act immediately. You can put things on the calendar. You can ask someone to hold you accountable. Because if we want to make lasting change, it comes down to applying, application, take massive action. Until next time, Elevate Nation, thank you so much for tuning in. And we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.